Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome back to another episode of the Testudo Talk podcast. As always, I'm Emmett Siegel alongside Andrew Chodas. Andrew, how are you doing today? Well, Emmett, it's nice to have you back on the pod. Hope you had a, a nice, very well-deserved break off and excited to talk about you know Maryland sports again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely was nice to take a quick break, but I'm also uh, equally excited to be back in the loop here. Exciting time with, you know, baseball playoffs and everything going on. Uh, spring sports coming to an end a little bit bittersweet. You know, it's been uh, been a lot of fun, but uh, but ni- nice to see, you know, kind of the season wrap up here in the, in the NCAA tournament. And I think that'll be the first thing we'll talk about today. You know, we'll talk about uh, a couple of things, a couple of basketball and football notes. But uh, I think the meat of this episode kind of to start, we should talk about, you know, the Maryland baseball team and, you know, they're playing in the NCAA regionals. They're playing in the Winston-Salem regional with uh, top overall seed Wake Forest, you know, kind of a tough draw. I know that when I saw that draw, I, I felt it was a little bit unwarranted considering how much success they had during the regular season and then winning the Big Ten tournament, you know, kind of unfortunate for Maryland to to end up there playing the, the number one overall seed. I don't know if you concur, but uh, but that was definitely my first reaction. No, I completely agree with you there, Emmett. You know, you kind of look at a team that won both the Big Ten regular season and tournament championship, and it's you know, a team that had a 40, 40 win season, and to see them, you know, get the hypothetical number thirty-two overall seed, so think about it that way. But again, be in uh, the regional with a historically great team, and then even behind that, Northeastern, the three seed in the tournament, a really, really talented team who Maryland ended up defeating today, seven to two, which we'll go into later but a team that Maryland actually lost to in the regular season. And then George Mason behind them, a team that has a ton of momentum um, after winning their conference tournament. So it's a really difficult draw for the Terps. But, you know, as we saw with today's win, if the pitching can kind of sustain, I, I think that they can do some special things. Right. And Maryland, you know, as tough of a draw as it is, Maryland has everything it takes to to advance out of this regional. And, you know, getting that win in that first game is definitely a huge step towards that you know it's especially hard to advance out of that regional get to the super regionals if you lose your first game it's kind of a must win and for them to get the job done on friday definitely uh definitely real important and i guess nothing is set in stone we're recording this at about 8 45 p.m uh friday night so the wake forest game hasn't gone final yet but uh, it looks like they'll be playing wake forest on saturday for uh for a spot in the regional final which is where their season ended last year uh, I know it's definitely definitely gonna be a tough matchup uh, against the Demon Deacons, but uh, before we focus on that, I think we can kind of recap this win over Northeastern. Uh, like you said, good team, one of the best pitching staffs in the country statistically, if I remember correctly. And number two, the Terps. What was that? No, uh, number number two ERA only behind Wake Forest. Well, yeah, qu- quite a, a murderer's row of uh, pitching staffs there in this in this regional. Uh, but yeah, they beat the Terps uh, earlier in the season in the beginning of May, I believe, in a in a midweek game. Uh, which is a tough loss for Maryland, but but not not a bad one necessarily because Northeastern is a very solid team and they earned their way into the NCAA tournament definitely. Uh, but Maryland got the job done, a seven to two win over the Huskies. Uh, Nick Larusso, as always, started it off with a solo homer. Eddie Hacopian followed, and then you know North, Northeastern tied the game with with two runs off Jason Savakul, but that's all they were going to get against him. He was lights out today, and like you said, the the pitching kind of carried them. Uh, what did you see from Jason Savicole that you think allowed him to have so much success? And what does that speak towards Maryland's chances of, of advancing out of this regional? Yeah, I mean, he just continued what, what what he and the pitching staff have been doing for the past two weeks. You know, this is this is the third or second or third consecutive start in which he's been lights out going six, sort of a bunch of strikeouts. And then behind him, the bullpen was again tremendous, just like they were in the Big Ten tournament. You know, you you have guys like Kenny Lippman come in, throws two innings to kind of secure that lead that eventually blooms up to six. 
And then Andrew Johnson comes and saves David Falco's arm, which is, which is honestly, you know, a huge component of this as well. And, you know, closes out the game. So the pitching to see it be able to, at least in the first game, first game, continue what it did in the conference tournament. I think that's really, really big for the Terps. Again, they're going to have to face Wake Forest eventually, one of the best teams in the country. So we'll see how that goes. But I think a really encouraging game, especially from the pitching staff today. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, and I think another thing about the, uh, you know, about the bullpen, like you said, you get to save Dave Falco's arm a little bit. Also, Nigel Belgrave, you know, he'll be fresh. Uh, you know, maybe your top reliever in terms of pro prospects, uh, you know, will be available for for Saturday's game. And now you're looking at an opportunity in Saturday's game, you know, after getting this big win, you're looking at an opportunity to put yourself in a prime position to advance out of a regional. It'll be the first time since, I believe, 2015 that Maryland has done so. First time uh, since, you know, the, those first couple of years in the Big Ten, I remember they uh, they kind of had an ACC team playing in the Big Ten, so they kind of rolled their way through there. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely put themselves in, in the right position with that win today. And it was really encouraging to see them kind of step up when they needed to. You know, it, I know when I when I was watching the game and listening to it, uh, when they took that 2-0 lead, I was I was feeling like they they had a kind of controlled the flow of the game there, you know, early on setting the tone. Savakul was throwing well. The offense, you know, the, the long ball was working, which is kind of their recipe. And Wake Forest Ballpark definitely plays uh, a bit friendly towards that, which is, which is a very welcome sight. And I think also kind of, you know, proves how impressive Wake Forest pitching staff is if they're able to limit runs in that park. But regardless, when Northeastern came back and tied it at two, it definitely seemed like the kind of moment where you were thinking, okay, the next run might win this game. Because if Northeastern takes a 3-2 lead, they got all the momentum, they have the lead, it's going to be hard for Maryland to, to you know, bounce back. But then when Maryland kind of, they put their, their, their foot on the throats of the Huskies and added a bunch more insurance runs when it counted, that's really how you win in the postseason is just, you know, stepping up when it counts, scoring with runners or, or getting hits with runners in scoring position. And they took advantage of all those opportunities. And, and you know, now you see they're in the winner's bracket uh, for the second straight year. And uh, and it looks like they'll be facing the Demon Deacons on Saturday, which should be a really interesting game. I don't think we're going to dive too much into previewing that game just because by the, this will come out Saturday morning. And, I don't you know, we don't want to talk too much about stuff that will be outdated just a couple hours after this comes out, but uh, but I think we can just kind of look big picture at, at what this game means for Maryland baseball for this year, for this program. You know, obviously you win Big Ten regular season title, like we mentioned, and then the Big Ten tournament title. To compete in this regional, is, it, it's a big deal for what Rob Rob Vaughn is building. And, you know, I don't know if you have any extra thoughts on this, but, uh, but I feel like, you know, making out of a regional is, is kind of icing on the cake. If you want to, you know, take that next step, it might be necessary, but in terms of proving... Uh, in terms of proving what this team has done this year has not been a fluke and what they've done the past two years has not been a fluke. I think, you know, if you're, if you're giving the number one overall seed a run for their money, that that's a pretty positive step. Yeah. And I think you kind of hit it on the head right there. I think what, what Rob Vaughn, his staff has kind of been able to do over the past few years, they they've made Maryland baseball, you know, one of the top, one, one of Maryland's top, you know, top athletic teams uh, that they have. And just kind of looking at where they are in this regional you know, getting that first win is obviously huge in a double elimination bracket, so it gives them a little bit of breathing room. And they're going to need that against, again, the number one team in the country in Wake Forest, one of the a historically great pitching staff. You know, even with Maryland's lineup, which is one of the top in the country, it's going to be really hard to hit against Wake Forest. Just looking at their game right now against George Mason, I mean, their ace, Seth Kenner, has 13 strikeouts through, uh, through six innings, so it's not going to be easy, you know, to get through uh, – most likely uh, Wake Forest pitching on Saturday. 
Yeah, and if it's not Wake Forest pitching on Saturday, then we might have to do an emergency podcast because that would be pretty unbelievable if George Mason wins that. Uh, but yeah, who better, I guess, than uh, you know the the trio at the top of Maryland's lineup than you know Luke Schliger, Matt Shaw, Nick Larusso to to go against a strikeout heavy staff. You know, guys that you kind of trust to put the bat on the ball, trust to put together good at bats. I do want to you know just put this out there, just kind of like a take on on the on Maryland's selection and Maryland's uh, you know their their seating in this regional. And yes, I do agree that they were completely underseeded and that they definitely should have been not playing at the number one overall seed. I don't think they should have posted a regional, but um, I, I do agree that that it was it was a bit ridiculous where they ended up. But on the flip side, I do think that that it's gotten it got a little bit out of hand, I think, with people kind of complaining about it. I think that um if, if if you're Maryland baseball and, and you're trying to take this next step and you're trying to, you know, advance to a super regional and then maybe, you know, Omaha is a couple steps away, but you know, that's, if that, if that's the next step, presumably you're going to have to run into a team like Wake Forest and you can't just complain about, you know, we played the best team or whatever. If you're Maryland baseball, you know, you got to go toe to toe with these teams. So yes, obviously it, it's a tough draw, but I think this Maryland team is talented enough that you have to give them enough credit to, to believe that they can beat any team in the country and that their best chance of getting out of a super regional is not, or getting into a super regional, I should say, is not just getting a lucky draw. It's that, you know, they can go toe to toe with a team like Wake Forest. And, you know, if Nick Dean, who I presume is going to start tomorrow, if Nick Dean is starting on Saturday and he goes out and he, and he shoves and, and Maryland puts up as many runs as it's used to doing. I mean, you had a stretch there during the season where they're kind of hitting their groove and they're scoring like 10 runs a game. If that happens, there's no team in the country that I would say would beat them on any day. Now I'm not saying they'll beat Wake Forest if that happens or Florida or any of these other teams that, you know, you're seeing near the top. But uh but I I definitely don't want to discount that. I know we complained a little bit about the about the seeding for Maryland, but but I definitely don't want to discount the fact that this is not like a David versus Goliath situation. Like Maryland baseball has been really, really good over the past two years and they definitely have the firepower to beat Wake Forest. Yeah, and I I think you kind of said it right there, right? It's if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best at one point or another, right? And that and that time just happens to come in, in the regional for Maryland. But again, like it's it's not a Dave versus Goliath situa- situation. It's a really good team going against an absolutely phenomenal team. But again, it's baseball. Anything can happen on any given day, right? I mean, you really you really can't predict what can happen with whether a pitcher has a bat, an off day, some bats are clicking. Wake Forest Stadium, it's pretty small, and with Maryland's batters, they can kind of. I mean, Wake one Forest through nine Stadium. in Maryland's order could yeah they could the all... yard on any pitch. So yeah, so again, it's so it's so unpredictable. Obviously, Wake Forest is 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 the undisputed favorite coming out of this, but we'll have to wait and see. And it will be an exciting it'll be an exciting few games, most likely between the Terps and, and the Demon Deacons. I would like to ask you. I mentioned it, I think, a a couple minutes ago, but I would like to ask you what you kind of think. Now you have one game in the books here with a Maryland win, what you think would constitute a successful NCAA tournament season for, for Maryland, you know, now, now that they're, they're in the winner's bracket and, yeah. you know, they're looking at probably facing the number one overall team on Saturday. It It's so, when you have a team that's made the postseason a few times in the past couple of years, you know, you want, you win the big 10 regular season title last year. It, it's hard to say that success isn't determined by how you by how well you do in the postseason, but they won both the regular season and tournament title. Have forty wins. It's I, it's kind of, in my opinion, I, I I think that it's a successful season, 
no matter what. And I say that because I think Maryland's on the rise of the program. I think in the past two years, I think three years, they've really got better and better and better. So I think this this might be this year at the least might be a stepping stone for for future years. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with you in that you know they don't necessarily need to win this regional for it to be a successful year. I think you know you kind of saw that last year. You know, hosting a regional was a step. Now you know you're kind of in the now now you win the Big Ten tournament for the first time, and you know now you're kind of seeing this program take the next step every year and you just wonder maybe when the breakthrough is and, and this year definitely seems like it has all the pieces you know i think saturday will be very telling i think the winner of I, I i'll just say in my opinion i think the winner of saturday's game is going to win the regional so i think that if uh and i think if maryland doesn't win on saturday i would feel very very uh concerned considering their their pitching situation you know kyle mccoy is not available um, you're probably gonna have to bullpen a game and then you're gonna be looking at probably Savakul on, on short rest against Wake Forest when you have to beat them twice. Dicey situation if Maryland can't win on Saturday. Yeah, and then can I just add a quick thing about the program? Because I kind of want to go back to last year when they hosted the regional, right? I was I was able to cover a few of those games back then and just the buzz around the program. Like I was I, I was a student there my freshman and sophomore years, like I didn't really hear that much about Maryland baseball. And then all of a sudden, once last, once like last April and May kicked in, it was tremendous. Like, right, the fan sport they had at the Bob and the Buzz and the national coverage this team got. So I think that's going in the right direction. And then what they've been able to accomplish this season and taking the tournament title and, you know, competing a regional against Wake Forest, I think that they're only going, going to better places. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about what the team might look like next year, maybe when this season does come to a close. You know, it might be a little bit premature. But, but I totally agree with you. I mean, having gone to a couple of those regional games, it was pretty surreal to see – you know, the, the Bob totally packed. Um, they had temporary bleachers they put out in left field, and it was a ton of fun out there. It was, it was a great vibe. You know, everyone just kind of rallying behind Maryland baseball, which, I mean, I, you know, we're only going into our senior year now at Maryland. So, you know, we've only been at the school, you know, for, for this period of time. But um, for from talking to a lot of people that were there before, you know, they, they just they always remark on just how incredible it is that Maryland baseball is as relevant as it is, you know, just – talking to people, you know, that, that I just mentioned, like, they're always like Maryland baseball might've been the most irrelevant program on campus for years. And they played in the middle of campus and, you know, it's baseball. So it's like fun sport just to go to, you don't have to take it that seriously. And no one went to the games. Now they're setting attendance records left and right. And I think, I think it's pretty impressive. And, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch the growth of the program. Yeah, completely, completely agree with you there. The times I've been to the Bob with 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 other kids, it's, it's been a blast. Like you kind of just see the buzz; it's getting better and better every single season. Absolutely. Well, I guess one program that that has never had any problem on campus generating any buzz that's that's the men's basketball program, and part of the reason why that buzz is you know on the rise back again with Kevin Willard is this recruiting class he's bringing in. And I think I do want to you know quickly touch on the fact that Deshaun Harris Smith was invited to uh, to participate in the U19 Team USA uh, national training camp. I think that's pretty exciting. I think it just kind of speaks to the, uh, to the, you know, the, the development of the program under Kevin Willard and what he's trying to build in terms of DMV recruiting. Um, you know, I've seen him play a couple of times and he's, he, he's a special player. Uh, I think he's going to be super exciting. And, you know, I think that, that that's only a, another way for him to, to help develop his game and, you know, I, I'm I, I'm not necessarily expecting him to make the team, but uh, but it's a pretty cool opportunity nonetheless, and I think it's definitely going to be super helpful for his development over the summer. And um, I'm I'm personally very excited to see what he does in a Maryland uniform as a freshman. Yeah, and obviously a kid that there there's a very good chance he slots into the starting lineup this upcoming season. So 
any experience he can gain, even if it's just at that 35 man training camp. And if he is fortunate to make the team and, you know, any international experiences would obviously be huge, you know, coming into his first year in a big 10 program. So congratulations uh, to him and it should be an incredible opportunity and really excited to see him and and, and what he does for, for, for the program. Yeah. And he's one of those cornerstones. He's probably the cornerstone of this incoming freshman class, but he's kind of one of those, those those real building pieces that you're looking at moving forward for the program. And I don't know how long he's going to be around. I would say that, you know, he's, he's, he's not probably, probably not a one and done guy. You know, it's hard to go one and done, especially with NIL. It doesn't happen as often as maybe it did a couple of years ago. And, you know, he's probably ranked a little bit lower than what you would expect, uh, you know, a guy to leave after his freshman year. But when you look at the incoming recruiting class, I mean, he's the highest ranked guy and he's the highest ranked guy for a reason. And like moments like this, you know, being invited to Team USA training camp or whatever, they might seem like kind of like a little footnote and kind of just like a press release, just, uh, you know, throw some hype together for the upcoming season. But it is a big deal, you know, when it comes to recruiting to be able to say, you know, we're putting guys here, guys that come to Maryland can do these things. And, you know, a lot of times when you think of the top freshmen in the country, think of a couple schools and Maryland isn't necessarily on that list. Uh, when Maryland's been at its best, it hasn't necessarily been with freshmen. It's been with older guys. So, you know, I think I think it's just another recruiting pitch for Kevin Willard to use. And it, it, it's exciting for him as well. You know, get that experience, like you said, and, and play against some of the best. Um, I'm definitely uh, interested to see how that plays out. And I think you are as well from from what I can gather. I am. I got I got nothing to add on that. Great. Uh, we, there's not that much news uh, outside of, of the baseball team right now. And, you know, that that little stuff. Uh I guess we can we can talk briefly about uh, the football team having some TV and 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 times kickoff times uh, scheduled. Uh, the biggest one that stood out to a lot of people, and I know we talked about it yesterday. Uh, kind of surprising us that uh, Maryland versus Charlotte week two is going to be a seven. I think a seven thirty whatever NBC uh, prime time is. Yeah, it's going to be on NBC in prime time. I think personally that's hilarious. That Maryland versus Charlotte is is going to be in prime time, uh, and 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 from from our conversations, I think you definitely agree with that. I, I mean, I mean, it's I, I think that every every team, obviously, with part of the Big Ten's new TV deal with NBC, every team's going to get a game on NBC early in the season. Maryland happened to get one of the earlier ones against Charlotte. I don't really think it matters that much, uh, to be honest. Um, I I wouldn't take much much thought into it, but kind of just looking at what else, um was released uh their opening game is going to be an afternoon game against Towson September 2nd but then I think the more interesting thing about this was they got back-to-back night games right so it's 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 the the week after the Charlotte game they host Virginia on a Friday night it's not often you see you know in September back-to-back you know night games a Saturday or Friday what what were your thoughts on seeing that um it's it's exciting, I think. I mean, right? You get more people in the stands uh, for night games generally. I think the Virginia game is going to be pretty well attended. You know, that Charlotte game, for for as dumb of a matchup as it may be in the national scene, um, it, it, it does have some interesting storylines from, like, a Maryland perspective. I mean, Charlotte just hired uh, St. Francis's old coach. So, like, if I remember correctly, they have, like, 15 or 20 former St. Francis players on their roster it's kind of an interesting storyline from that regard, but, uh, but in the national scene, it's not really a, a particularly exciting game, but it'll probably have high ratings. And I think, you know, more, uh, more promotion for the program is never a bad thing from their perspective. And they'll be wearing those script uniforms. So I know th- those always look good at night. Those will be interesting to see, but yeah, the back-to-back night games is interesting, especially because it's on short rest. Um, it's going to be a, a six day week. And I guess it will be for Virginia as well. I don't know what their, their week before. I'm just assuming it's on a Saturday. 
Um, but, but, you know, having back-to-back night games, it, it definitely changes your preparation a little bit. Yeah. Um, kind of shortens your week. You know, you're not finishing that first game until after 10 PM, you know, you're losing about half a day of rest plus the day that you would normally have for your walkthroughs on Friday is, is now your game day. So it just kind of pushes everything up a day. And I, I guess it'll be interesting to see, uh, and just kind of a testament to how quickly this team can, can learn this system, uh, you know, early in the season, there's always, uh, some kinks you have to work out. I think defense is normally ahead of offense at that point. A lot of teams would say, especially, for a team like Maryland, that's going to be working in some new uh, offensive minds uh, in terms of play calling. So um, I don't think there's that much to take away from it, especially in June, because we don't know what any of these teams are going to look like. But uh, but yeah, I think it's it, it's never a bad thing to play more night games, especially in September, you know, when the weather's hotter and, you know, maybe maybe the night games are a little bit more hospitable to the fans. I think that's what it comes down to for Maryland. Uh, the bottom line is, you know, you got to get butts and seats to kind of build that home field advantage, which has been missing. Yeah, no, and, and I don't know if you mentioned, but that Virginia game is going to be on on Fox Sports One, so that's so that's that's back to back national TV games as well. Great. Well, uh, I think that's everything we have uh, to talk about today. Uh, you know, I think we hit on most of the baseball news. We'll probably hit another one of these uh, after the regional comes to a close, or or maybe if some if something very surprising happens, and you know, there's some breaking news, uh, we'll be back here as always. Um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun just talking about, uh, all the stuff that's happened recently. Uh, I'm excited to be back. I know, you know, I haven't been here for a couple of days. Uh, I appreciate you filling in solo, uh, on the podcast last week. Uh, that was, that was much appreciated, but, uh, but yeah, I'll be here from, from here on out with you and, uh, yeah, we'll keep, uh, keep everything coming during the summer. Thank you again for listening to the Testudo Talk podcast and we'll, uh, we'll see you in the next episode.